You're listening to Voice Memos, the show about two longtime friends who have informative yet brief discussions about multitudinous topics. If you want to go deep into a topic, this is not the podcast for you. We keep it shallow. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jen and Myron. This is the first time in over a year of doing the podcast that you have been willingly early. <laughs> I don't know about willingly, but yes, early. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, sir, I, you know, I, I listened to Howard Stern and he's been, he gets a summer break. It's like two months. And so he's not on, uh, his shows are not recorded recorded and I can't go back into Sirius XM and listen. So I've been listening to a couple podcasts and let me tell you why our podcast is better than some of these well listened to highly sought after podcasts. Okay. You, you do not with our podcast have to listen to one fucking advertisement. You know what? That is a main selling feature of this podcast. You're right. 1,000%. When I'm listening to Mel Robbins, or my sister introduced me to this other one called The Girlfriends, I was thinking to myself, stop with the fucking stupid music, stop with the advertisement, and just get to the nitty gritty. This is why people need to listen to ours, because there is it is a full hour, sometimes a little longer, of uninterrupted nonsense. Yeah, no bullshit, because you're right. I, I saw um, an article in Vanity Fair where they were praising, like, a podcast. It was a, it's a true crime podcast. And it was like, this is our favorite true crime podcast right now, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, well, let me go listen to that podcast. And let me tell you, it's, it's garbage. garbage. Like, it, like it's garbage. Like it's, it's two people and they, they do crime, but they, there's a lot of commercials for one. Right. And just in the weirdest places and the weirdest commercials. But then they just don't tell the story like they start talking about their own lives. And it's just it, there's no flow. And, I, and it's sort of like if you just it's someone like a teenager tells you a story oh. and it, it winds around in like a million directions. And you're like, get to the goddamn point, teenager. <laughs> it's like that. And I thought, oh, my God, I cannot. And I, I listened to about. 10 of their episodes and I thought nope I'm, I'm noping right out of this bullshit. <laughs> yeah I don't got time for that so this is just I mean we have flow we go shallow sometimes we stay deep but the selling point that I need to tell all of you is that right now we are not sell up now we're not going to say that we're not going to ever get to sell up if someone approached me and said hey can we advertise we'll pay you bitch you say say less like okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to like, listen to commercials, bitches. But you know right? what I mean. I'll be like, look, give me all the Heinz ketchup you want. Give me some <laughs> money. I'll be pouring that ketchup on everything. <laughs> right now, since we're not sponsored, we are we are airing on the fact that we are a standout because we don't have to have commercials. <laughs> exactly. Like, like that, that's one of our selling points right now. We're not like all those other sellouts out there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, there's so much going on. I was just, you know, really sad. You and I have both been to Maui. Like Lahaina now is just burning to the ground on the island. Oh, it, it's, it's horrific. And I, I could not believe the, the video that I was seeing. Like it is literally burning to the ground. 
burning. And that big tree that if you've ever been to Maui, you've probably been to Lahaina. I, hopefully I'm saying the, the, the city right, but um, there's like this big tree. It looks like a bonsai tree. It's massive. And they're saying that that's probably, that that's probably gone. And so it is, and the, the hurricane that's coming through, the, those high winds keep pushing, it makes, it's making the fire spread even faster. I don't know what started it. I didn't get to, you know, dig into that, but have you heard of what started it? Yeah, I, I was looking online to try to see, and as best I could um, understand from the, the weather service, and then there are also some people there who have been online talking about it. Um, and again, they were they were quoting uh, weather services and stuff. They were saying that um, I'm trying to find the last the, the last one I saw. It was it was it was weather, right? It was uh, unusually hot weather. It was um, uh, wind, and um, it was they don't know what where it started, but it could have been lightning strikes. But it was just a combination of those things all at once. And this is what we get. And this it's not just burning force. It burned down the city. Yeah. Looks terrible. It's Yeah. yeah. You know, it, 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 I think it goes to that thing that scientists have been, have been saying forever when you talk about global warming or the softened version climate change yep. is that is that there isn't a um, there isn't an expectation that there just be one day where where normal one day we're burning up, you know, 110 degrees all around the planet. It is the gradual increase and that those gradual increases changing weather patterns. And so every type of weather event becomes more deadly and more intense than they were 10, 20, 50, 100, 200 years ago. So tornadoes are worse, hurricanes are worse, naturally occurring fire, heat waves, or everything is worse. And we're seeing the cumulative effect of those things uh, popping up and it's 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 all over the world because I, I think I saw something I think this was on TikTok looking at the hottest days ever recorded on the planet yeah. where the average temperature of the planet and the hottest days ever were in July like in July and it's just and that's becoming very uh, more common every year that that just is the norm world the world not not a, a city or a state or a country's individual temperature but the world's overall average temperature. And the oceans are warming up, which is yeah. not a good sign. Yeah, it's, we can make it's some so changes. Scary. Yeah, I mean, I don't have children, but I definitely would be, I, I, I'm definitely afraid for my nephews and their kids that we, what this planet's going to look like if it's around by, you know, 2050. Right, right. It just... You know, and you know, and scientists will even they will even say that um, that there is time, right? You can still, not you, but we can still change the course or slow it, um, but there just has to be more uh, drastic actions. And then I, I found the reason they say is low humidity, hurricane force winds from Hurricane Dora that's out there somewhere, and what and, and that has led to wildfires across the state, and it's just feeding itself. Damn, that it's very similar to what happened. Well, I don't think it's the storms, but it, up in in our neck of the woods in one Tahoe, but then you have that city that was close to like Napa. Um, oh, oh yeah, I was it like Sebastopol or something like that? 
it was some, oh my God, it'll come to me maybe through this podcast yeah. or someone's shouting at it. So just, I mean, devastation, just thinking about, okay, devastation planet. We, we hear and seen, uh, Lizzo devastation. Um, um, yeah, we want to talk about that from last week, this, the Lizzo deal. So what you got on that? Well, okay. So recently she hired the same attorney that represented Bill Cosby and Charlie Sheen and a couple others. So her dancers have claimed that she made them do explicit sexual things, um, that she fat shamed them. Um, so a lot of like uh, sexual harassment stuff, like inappropriate things done when they were in Amsterdam. Um, crazy to think, I guess for me, I saw Lizzo before she was famous. I saw her at uh, Gay Pride in Sacramento and thought that she was just, I guess, a normal person, right? Because we, when we think about celebrities and we see the Kardashians and their size, you don't have somebody of Lizzo's in, in a larger body represented just a lot of Americans. Let's just call it what it is. So it's a, a very um, relatable. You almost support her because she's relatable to yes. some people. So yes. you, you hope and you think to yourself, probably the same thing I would assume that people thought about Bill Cosby, right? This good old guy. And um, let, we find out that he's drugging people and, you know, he goes to jail and goes to prison because he's, you know, raping women when he knocks them out with the mm -hmm. drug. It's for decades. For decades. Decades. So at least we didn't wait decades for people to find out that a woman can also sexually harass other women um, and use her platform to create this environment that that she thought that she was entitled to. Yeah, that's it's very, very disturbing. It was. Um, you know, I saw, I saw, I think it was a TMZ interview with the dancers and, and then I listened to her later. I listened to a couple of different lawyers talk about the lawsuit. Um, both lawyers said, okay, I've read it and reviewed it and here's what it is telling me. And some of it was lawyer speak that the charges were lawyer speak uh, but one employment, one of the lawyers was an employment attorney, and she said that some of the charges are under the wrong category. And she didn't say they, they were true or not. She said, but from an employment standpoint, these will get thrown out. There's a few that would be thrown out because they're they're mis they're misfiled. And she didn't know if that was a result of the lawyer that they had, just not understanding California employment law where they where they filed. Um, and then she also says, she also commented on the attorney that Lizzo has, um, almost saying what you're saying, that this attorney is famous for um, these people. But then she, she expanded it to say, but here's all the other people that this attorney in this law firm has helped and it was just regular Hollywood people that not scandals, but people who've been uh, were fans have tried to extort them and things like that. And they said the reason this person is famous is because they're very good. And it's not, it's not because they 
they were hired by Bill Cosby or Charlie Sheen. That's not the issue. They've helped hundreds of people in Hollywood. That's why they're known as a Hollywood attorney, that they understand Hollywood. So I thought, okay, well, that was a, that's the way to look at it. Like if you're in New York, yeah, you're in New York, you get in trouble with construction. You're going to get the best New York construction attorney. And it doesn't mean that they're, they're crooked. They just, this is what they do. And attorneys will take money. It doesn't matter. They're going to take money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, you know, I'm going to, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because I know, I don't know, but I, but from following pop media and uh, celebrity media, I, the one thing about dancers I know from these tours, from looking at different things on TV, is that there's high turnover in these dancing touring companies. So if I go on tour this year, so say I'm Beyonce and I go on tour this year, I hire a crew, I hire, I, 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 my team hires auditions dancers, right? And sign, they sign an NDA contract, um, non-disclosure agreement, you hire them, they get a wage, and then they go on tour with you around the world. So say everything goes perfectly fine and there's new issues. And then next year, Beyonce is going to go on tour. All those people have to apply again. She just does, not just she, but they all just do open casting again. Right. And some people don't get hired again. Right. And so you're just, you're out because somebody, they picked somebody that they thought was better. But now say they get the team again the, and then they go on tour again. And now you have a whole management company that's running the team, all the dancers. They're in charge of the dancers. So just like a call center, you have a supervisor, a manager, you have a director of this and all this kind of stuff. And they have, because these are dancers on tour, these are, you know, 20 to 29-year-olds or something. And they have all the employment issues that 20 to 29-year-olds have in any industry, right? They get sick. They call out sick. They... They form relationships, they break up, they fight, all those things happen. And you have bosses there that will fire them on the spot. Like you will get fired, you'll be in Japan and break some rules and they will fire you. And you're just, you're gone. And you have a non-disclosure agreement, you get your final pay, they get you an airline ticket and you're just, you're done, like that's it. And you hope you can get, you hope you can get on Rihanna's tour or something. But, but from what I was seeing on TV and following this online, the turnover is like, it really is like a cost and it's like 70%. Like it, it yeah. just, because you have these basic employment issues. And so if I put my management hat on and go, oh, wait a minute. So she's ultimately the boss. So if I, if I am fired and I think it's unfair, that's who I'm suing. Yeah. Right. I mean, her name, even though I don't sue her, it's her company. She's going to be in in the news. It doesn't mean that she's guilty, but she's responsible for it. But there are a couple of things in there. The one thing you talk about Amsterdam, this is that's the one that troubles me the most specifically to Lizzo. And that is she went out with all these dancers and they say some shit happened when they were out. And that is the issue with employers going out with their employees. Yes. Right? Because even if it's innocent, it don't, if someone gets mad or if you say something that's just not quite right, that that can always come come back and bite you in the ass. You are not wrong. Going out with your employees and if if drinking's involved, 
you are putting yourself in a very peculiar Ooh. situation. You, not, you and I work together. I, I would take my team out and we would have the next day, we'd be talking to HR because maybe something yeah. happened and you're like, I, I left. So right. I, I found out very early in my career that yes. think if I'm doing a team dinner, we'll go to dinner. And what you guys do after that is totally up to you. I'm out. Right. I, I told that to my daughter. I said, well, let me tell you from just like I just let me tell you from a boss's standpoint that I would take my team out and, you know, we have some fun. You know, I would pay for the food or something like say it's just Friday after work. We want to just have a good time. And then I would leave. Because I'm the boss. And A, I didn't drink, but I'm the boss. And so I need to get out of there. So A, they can let their hair down and have fun. But also because I need to protect myself. Yeah. Just, just, just get out. And, and let me tell you, that's something I had to grow up and learn. Because earlier in my career, I was hanging out. And even though I never drank or anything, I love to see all them drunk people. <laughs> I know you did. And, and you started in management young in your 20s. Yes, I was in my 20s. And I saw some shit, let me tell you. And, you know, but after a while, I got caught up in all that stuff. And I was, I was, I was getting blamed and stuff. I thought I wasn't even drinking, but it doesn't matter. You were there and you're the boss. You're going to get in trouble. So I'm not saying Lizzo didn't do the things she's accused of, but also given the industry, the high turnover, the young employees, her being a boss. And I think just because you're, you're Lizzo or you're an entertainer, that doesn't mean that you know employment rules or you're, you're going to be a good boss. You could be a fucking nightmare. Yeah, that's good. Right? Yep, that's good. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays. I hope the best for her, but the charges are ugly. Yeah, it's not looking good. And you do, you do have, even though if she turns out that she's it's innocent and everything's dropped, there's still that in the back of your mind. Did she pay somebody off? Did people get right. scared? Did they drop? You always have that in the back of your mind. It's it, right. it's one of those things that it's going to follow her. I, I'm hoping that it doesn't because she's a really good entertainer. She represents, you know, uh, and, and takes on plus size dancers when not many other performers would do that. So there's a, an yeah. integrity about her that I like so yeah fingers crossed that it's not yeah so i mean on and then on the flip side of it when you think about lizzo we think about the alabama brawl oh lord is alabama when that hat flew up in the air when he took his hat off paused for a second and then tossed his hat up in the air you know it's on like he, <laughs> He threw his hat in the air, and there's no sound to that part. But you know, he just said, "Oh fuck it, let's go." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So we, for those that maybe don't know, we should walk through what happened. So it's a lot. So in in Alabama, uh, on one of the rivers, uh, a tour boat, a regular tour boat, that's unironically named the Harriet too, like like Harriet Tubman, which is really iconic. So the boat went out, it goes out on tours, and it was, you know, a couple hundred people on the boat, and they have, it's at this particular dock, where, and they, they park the boat in their spot. Like, they're the main um, uh, business that operates a boat right there. It's them, and they have a spot right there. And there's security that makes sure that all the other boats, the little humans, the little individual boat owners when they're tiny little boats and pontoons 
don't park their boat in the spot that this tour boat has. Well, this family decided to park their boat there. And as a side note, the family has had problems at that pier before, right? So they're, they're known for just causing troubles there. So the family parked about there. They wouldn't move, even though the security guard told them, you have to move this boat. Now, we have so much video. We have video from the boat and the captain on the boat and a band on the boat. They, they had to circle for 45 minutes. What? While those people who own the boat, the little pontoon, would not move their boat. Got it. Okay, got it. Okay. okay, got it. Okay. So now we're going to put this in the racial context. Most of the people on the tour boat were black people. Okay. Yeah. And, a, and a portion of the tour boat group people were black women who were that morning who were doing a ceremony to honor the slaves who had been dropped off at that pier and many who had died in that river. They had done a ceremony that day. So that's what this, a significant number of people on that boat are about, even though they're having a good time, right? The pontoon owners was a white family that owned a local um, convenience store. Okay, the security guard is a black man. He's trying to talk to them, get them to move the boat, their little pontoon for 45 minutes. Finally, he unlatches that thing and pushes that shit out of the way because the, the captain and the people on the boat and his company are giving him the business to get that thing out of the way because they got to get that boat docked and get a new group on there. And it's 45 minutes late as it is. So the family then comes, they're yelling at this, this security guard, this black security guard. And then I think, I don't know, I think it might've been the dad grabs them and the black guy pushes them away. And then before you know it, he's just like, like you see, he throws his hat up in the air, which turns into a great meme. Like the hat is like the bat signal. <laughs> and, and then another family member, when the, the black security guard and the white or older man are fighting, not older, but I would suspect he's in his 50s or 60s, they, one of his sons that comes flying in, jumps on the black guy, the black guy goes down, and then it's like six of the family beating this man on the ground. So, I, I, and I wrote about this, that one scene right there, because that's a lynching, that one scene is so scary because we carry an idea that we know the outcome to this. We know the outcome, yeah. right? We know the outcome. It is a scary moment. And normally there's going to be a black dead body right there. It, that, 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 is what, that is what our DNA carries, that we know what we expect and it was horrible. But all of a sudden, there were, there were black people on the pier. They come down, a couple come down the ramp and then more come down the ramp. And then a, a six-year-old black boy jumps off the tour boat and starts to swim across. And it's about 100 200 yards and he is swimming in his clothes to the side because this black man is getting beaten by this family and within minutes all these other black people come and they're it's not really a fight or a brawl yet it's it's more shovey trying to get these people off this off this black man on the ground but then there it starts to be some fighting but by the time the fighting starts the boat was able to get to the pier and then, and then black people come off the boat and they have witnessed this whole thing for 45 minutes. They have witnessed the whole thing. And now you have 
and I wrote about this, they came to the rescue. And this is what Bobby Barnes used to say. That black man needed help. And there was no police around him because the, he was a security guard. He was getting his ass beat. And the help came from black people. And they came in there, black men, women, uncles, aunties, and they beat the, they beat the hell out of, the, out of that white family. Like the it was, hell. it was, I like, like you said, a bra was a melee. They, these, I mean, and let me tell you something. The white people were fighting back. Like it wasn't one-sided. They were fighting back. They got their asses beat, but it wasn't one-sided. <laughs> and, it, and it was that scene where when it was just them beating up that black man, he was on the ground. They were so brave and strong. But when those young, when those young black boys, young black men got off that boat and the ones that came down the ramp and those white women, now all of a sudden, the battle changed. Yeah. And, then, and then even though there was some more fighting, now a couple of those white boys start getting out of the way. A couple jumped in the water. Like, you <laughs> got the hell out of there. <laughs> they got the hell out of there. And so eventually the cops broke it up. Right. Some more some more police security, police, they all broke it up. They arrested the family. They arrested a couple of the black guys. Um, I think everybody was released. Um, but even in going to the hospital, the white family, upon entering the hospital, said they don't want to be served by too many N-words. There's too many N-words in this hospital, meaning the nurses, the doctors. And they left. Like, you would rather be injured than have a, a, a medically trained person, you know, fine, that I don't want oh. to be trained in. Yeah, and so, and so, and you know what? The mayor spoke out, and everyone was defending um, not only that black security guard, who was just doing his job. Just, you know, just like, you know, we, we all, you know, we know all this sayings, well, the cops will beat you or kill you if you just comply. But we know that black people in authority means nothing to a significant number of white people. They didn't care that he was security. They did not care. They beat him to the ground. And so you have a huge racial component, like the biggest story. And then because black people are the way we are, it instantly turned into the funniest online event in years. <laughs> right, the videos, <laughs> the memes, the pictures, the one black man picked up a chair, the chair became famous, there's videos about the chair, him throwing his hat, you know, uh, there's a guy standing on the side just casually smoking, watching the whole thing. <laughs> and you know, yeah, I saw somebody post, get, you know, earrings that are little white chairs, you know, if you want to support a small black business, buy these earrings. <laughs> Yeah, there's the chair as the earring. That the fact that the boat was named the Harriet too. A black man invented the folding chair. It just it just went bonkers. It just went. Black people could turn any event into like just the most funny thing in raw. And it ha it got so funny, or it's still going. There's a whole indigenous group that's putting out videos about their support for the chair. Mexican-Americans talking about their support for the chairs. And even Southern white people got in on the act of having these funny videos about the chair. And you know what? The, the majority of people are saying that family deserved the ass kicking. They oh, deserved, yeah, big time. They absolutely deserved that ass kicking they got. <laughs> I, I was thinking there was, a, <clears throat> there was a video and it was a white woman. And she said, okay, how do I, 
I can't, I don't want to get confused, right? I don't want to, I want to fight and I want to beat people up, but I'm white. So if I do that, I could be, I could, I could be mistaken for being part of the perpetrating. So she asked, like, how do I show up? <laughs> like, what do you guys want me to do? And people ah. were just, <laughs> Black folk in the comment were like, just take videos, um, bring potatoes. I like just the comments started going crazy. Someone said, buy, someone said buy drinks when it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be an interesting dynamic because I'm there, yes. right? I definitely yes. want to fight people. I'm on the boat and then I see this. So then I get involved. But what if someone thinks that I'm part of that stupid ass white crew that is beating up the 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 the, the security guard. So you kind of you have to sort of navigate through that. I thought it was an interesting question. I mean it, it was it was a very funny question. And you know another aspect that was just incredibly funny is taking over that stupid Jason Aldean song, you know, don't come into a small town, whatever that fucking <laughs> town is. And then you, you know, all those videos just taking over that song. You came to a small town, fucked around, and found out. Like you just. <laughs> I mean, that's about a month. I'm so happy that it didn't take any longer. Yes, uh, yes, and it'll, it'll be good to get those get get those people in jail, and you know their their business. You know, because look, when you when you get exposed like that, family got exposed then all your shit comes out because people put shit on social media, like Facebook. So they dug through their Facebook and they're, they're very awful people. Like they've kicked people out of their store. Um, they've told people they don't want in dollars. They just want white dollars and oh. just really ugly racist stuff. And you know what? And all their names are out there. One is, one is a school teacher. They own that store just all these different jobs and you just go, you know, you're, you're just exposed for what you are. And like I was saying, that peer, the people at that peer, the workers at the peer said, this family is the worst family. They're just in a bunch of entitled, you know, just nightmare pig people. And they've had problems with them for, I don't, I forget how long, but it's, it's been a while, that same family. And you know what, Jen, all they had to do was move their goddamn boat. Yeah. They weren't entitled to keep it there. Yes. Use a little pontoon. And you got, you know, this giant tour boat, you know, it's like a, a ship and they have to circle for 45 minutes because this one awful family refused to move. That, that's that's a bullshit. That's some bullshit. <laughs> oh, my God. OK, so I, I was going to. So so going back to music, because we, we talked about um, Lizzo and then. We talked about um, uh, the tie. Oh, I know the other music thing. I brought it up last week. So, okay, I'm gonna hold that. I'm gonna hold that. I'm gonna talk about this other one first. So, the 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 rapper Tory Lanez, I think Lanez or something like that. He got convicted finally. That's the asshole who shot Megan Thee Stallion in the foot. Yeah, he got like ten years, right? He, and you know what? Let me tell you something. He deserved all of it, and then some. Everything. Everything. He shot her. And like they were dating. He shot her. Like he could have killed her. And then after he shot her and she kept it in for a while, but then finally he was taunting her in music and online and stuff. 
and she reported it. And when she reported it, so many people went after her for that and saying she should, you know, she's just trying to put another black man in jail and this kind of stuff. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, I got shot. I got shot. Right? Like, he could have killed me. And then, and then he, like, he was putting out uh, stuff on online talking about people are talking about me going to jail and prison. And I'm going to have a party when everybody, everybody proved wrong. You know, this kind of stuff. And, you know, collaborating with other rappers, talking about her and stuff like that. And, and he was, let me tell you, he was offered a plea deal. And the plea deal was, you know, you take, take accountability, responsibility, and you'll get a year in jail. A year. And at first he was going to take it, but then he was like, I'm not taking it. You know, they're trying to railroad me. And, you know, there's more to the story. Look, if I, if I get a bullet to my foot, there is no more to the story. You shot me. Like, that, that is the story. So that fool went to trial. He went to trial. And the judge, he he got up there when he had to give his little his little statement. He was like, "She's still my friend, and I love her." And it's you know, it's unfair. Basically, woe is me. It's unfair, and I shouldn't have to go to prison. You know, um, you know, I'm a different person. All this kind of bullshit, right? And just a bunch of excuses. And the judge, a black man, said. Oh, and, Tor- and then the guy, Tory Lanez, was like, you know, you know, I, I, yeah, I shouldn't have to go to jail because it was just an argument, but she was fighting too, and that's never been proven. And the judge was like, let me tell you something. You a punk-ass bitch, motherfucker. Uh, he didn't say that, but that's basically what he, that's basically what the judge said. <laughs> you shot her. You, you were right between the lines. <laughs> yeah, you a punk. You a coward. You shot her. And, and, and the judge is a black man. He's like, this has nothing to do with you being a black man. You shot her and you could have killed her. And all you've done in all this time that this we've been waiting this trial is make a mockery of it, is to taunt her and everything. And the facts show that, you know, you're guilty. Like you're guilty. He gave him 10 years. And not only did he give him 10 years, that motherfucker is Canadian. Oh. <laughs> right? So... The moment his 10 years are up or however much he serves, he's getting deported too. Damn. Right? Motherfucker. Like, bye. Bye. Boy, bye. (laughs) I don't even care. Because look, I am not down for someone shooting somebody. Like, you shoot somebody. Like, you, why did you, as a Canadian, hanging around in, in, in America, like, you think you're some tough guy now. Right, you hanging out with this crowd. You think you a tough guy? You from the streets of Montreal or something? You ain't tough, <laughs> right? You up there slurping down real maple syrup and playing hockey growing up. You are not. You are not American street tough. Like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Look, I'll be t- I'll be telling that to my daughter. Jill. I mean, like, look, I like rap music and everything, but. You have to remember that all these guys are actors, right? Like one in a hundred will really be from some tough hearts, travel kind of neighborhood in life. Maybe one in 50 or whatever. But these guys are putting an image out there that they think will sell records. 
right? Now, it's not that some haven't had a hard life and you know, all those things that we all have, that we all have. However, you know what? The, I, in my opinion, the vast majority are just regular people who just like someone decides to get a shop on Etsy and sell stuff, they just decide to become a rapper and create a, a story about themselves. And now they're just some tough guy, right? With some expensive champagne, some fancy cars, and some big booty women in their videos. And then, and then once the filming stops, they're talking just like I talked. They put their jeans on and go on about their business. It's just an act. Like, don't believe it. These, these people. It's just an act. And he's one of them. So now that dumbass has got to sit in prison for 10 years. So you know what? Fine. Good. Good riddance. Right? Good riddance. So that was my making take. So I had a question for you last, last week. So we're staying okay. in, the, in a musical witness. We had Lizzo, Megan Thee Stallion, who really is a stallion, by yeah. the way. Um, so my question is, okay, you know, Beyonce is on tour. Yes. So Beyonce has the Renaissance tour, and it's like, like she's killing it and everything. And on this tour, she has been bringing out her oldest child, um, mm. Blue, Blue Ivy, yeah. I think is her yes. name. And I can't think of her age, but she looks to be 10, 12, 13. It's hard to tell. You know, she's a little kid. And she comes out and she joins the little dance group, right? She does some of the moves and stuff. Now, the internet is, is cruel. The first time she came out, the internet was saying she was stiff, like like all little kids dancing aren't stiff. But yeah. but she became such a little hit that the crowds want her there. And so it's like a big deal when she comes out. And I've seen a couple of videos, you know what? She's like a little dancer. She's doing her little thing. And she looks, you know, way cute, right? And looked just like her mama, by the way. And so, so here's my question to you. Oh boy. Do you want to be the dance person that has to teach Blue Ivy to dance? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, look, Beyonce, look, if you ever seen any of her performances or concerts, everything is dialed into the inch, to the second. To the right? second. I mean, and she will, you, there's some videos on YouTube and TikTok, you can see her coaching her people and I'm just going to stop. Imagine she comes to you and goes, hey, Jennifer, I need Blue Ivy ready for my concert. That's, I'm sorry, how about admission? I need Blue Ivy ready for my concert in New Jersey in one month. Get her ready. Okay, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly I'm not a dancer. I'm not, suddenly I'm no choreographer because that, are you kidding me? Because I would be responsible if she doesn't catch on and then people would say, well, where is the dance instructor? Why is Blue Ivy so terrible at what she's doing? Right? It's nothing. She's just a kid that is dancing. And, you know, she's she's in the lineup with all the professional dancers, so she doesn't look, you know, as flexible and as them. And Beyonce, or they make sure she doesn't do any overly sexualized dancing. It's just the movements, you know. And she looks like a, I don't know how she, let's just say 12. She looks yeah. like a 12-year-old dancer. Like, she could dance. And she can do the choreography, but you know, they're you know, their limbs are a little more gangly and you know, all this kind of stuff. So yeah, because I was thinking like Beyonce come to you and say, look, you need to have her ready. And um, I trust you. You're a good dancer, a good teacher. So and then that first that first night out, Blue gets some criticism for being stiff, which was unfair, but then Beyonce comes back to you. <laughs> 
my God. And you over at somewhere in Worcestershire, England, wherever her tour is, you know, they, she's like, hey, Jennifer, you know, you had a whole month to get blue ready. <laughs> yeah, I do not want to have a sit down one on one with Beyonce telling me, <laughs> evaluating my performance. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, you. <laughs> I mean, that is so bullshit. I'll mean, be like, I'll be like, uh, Mrs. Beyonce, I appreciate your trust in me. And this is such an important moment in Blue Ivy's um, young life. I really want to give this to my friend Jennifer. Let her do it. <laughs> I think it's her time to shine. <laughs> oh my God. My God. Yeah, no, I don't right. want that responsibility. Like, right. I. I think there's a confidence, right? I, if I'm a, if I'm helping Beyonce and our dancers, I probably have exude confidence, and I probably know my shit, and I'm really good, and I've gotten her on tour. There is another layer there when it comes to, I would assume, your own child not wanting them to be ridiculed in front of thousands of people. Ooh, I don't know if I want that responsibility. No, it, I mean that that's a lot. Yeah, because I was thinking, okay, she's on tour with, I mean, I know it's summer right now, but I started thinking about, you know, how the music industry is, entertainment, not just music, entertainment is horrible on everyone, but particularly girls, Yes. right? And the younger they are, the worse the industry is going to treat them. And so Beyonce, who was a teenager when she got in the business, Beyonce knows some shit, right? So Beyonce was like, you know what? I'm going to be touring the world. This girl's going to be on my hip the whole time. Like, she's going to be right here. I'm going to have her tutors right here because I'm not going to leave her in Houston, right? She's not going to be in Houston. She's going to be with me, but she's going to have some tutors. But then Blue Ivy started going, well, mom, I don't want to just sit here and do homework. I can dance too. (laughs) (laughs) And Beyonce's like, God damn it. I should just send you home to Miss Tina Knowles in, in, in Houston and leave me alone. But but you can't. That's your kid. Because JD ain't watching her 24-7. The tutor needs a break. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I don't think I'd want that responsibility. That is a little too much pressure. That's too much pressure. I would be like, like, like when, when you go, when she goes out there. So say you're a dancer, you get her ready, and then it's her turn to go out there. But you're all you're also out there because you're a dancer, you're a part of the team. You're doing your routine, but the whole time you're looking at her. I'm side-eyeing. I'm like, please, bitch, don't mess up. You be out there like that, like that uh left shark in that Super Bowl, just out there just standing almost still. I would die. Oh my oh, god. god. Oh shit! I would die. Oh, guys. So yeah. Anyway, I I've been thinking about that for a while. Like, who has to train that child? I just thought, you know what? I I am like you. I, I don't want I don't want that job. I don't, you I don't talk know. about talk about lawsuits. Like Lizzo would have it easy, but man, yeah, exactly. you don't. You you get Beyonce's kid out there looking bad. <laughs> it's over for your career. It's a wrap. Do you, you know, you, you asked the question, okay, so think about Beyonce, of course, and, and 
it's funny how we our theme today, our topic has been around music. And I was thinking about how I'm not a music person per se. Like I, I went to Lewis Capaldi. That was really nice. My girlfriend and buyer invited me to Post Malone next week, which is a Tuesday night, which I'm not going to go because I like Post Malone, but not enough to not get home until 11 o'clock at night. Um, and I, I was thinking about how now after COVID, remember COVID and the concerts just shut down and, and, and artists were doing everything via like Zoom. Um, yes. You know, you pay and, and do a Zoom. I still think they should still do that. <laughs> because COVID's on the rise again. I know it's probably not going to be as dramatic as our as our pandemic, but it is on the rise again. So it is. I, yeah. And you know what? Like the American business world did not collapse. No. We were fine, right? And 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 not only that. But people are motherfucking happy to be working from home. Not everybody, but most people were happy to be working from home. Love and those bosses that believe in old culture, meaning we have to work in the same office to have that yes. that culture are dicks. Yeah, one thousand percent. Just, those just are power hungry control freaks. Yep. That's all that is. My because favorite. what you could tell me at work, whether it's in the break room on the floor, the sales floor, in a meeting, via email, is no different than you can, you can email me and tell me on Zoom, it's no different. We can get on a call in Slack and I can see your face and we can have a conversation. It is no different. And I don't have to deal with people and they're stealing my lunch and small talk. I don't have to deal with any of that. So it's crazy how to think about how, especially concerts, right? To, to be able, you had a more, um, <clears throat> I would think a more, uh, I don't want to say private, but a more uh, experience when you see your artists and you have them on Zoom in front of you and you're listening to them perform. It seems to me like that would be a more intimate. Now, I know a lot of people like going to concerts and hearing live music, but I do think there should be an option. Like two of my concerts are going to be in front of everybody and two of my concerts are going to be done via Zoom. Let, let's just that's, do a test. Why don't that's one a great idea. Yeah, just test it out. See which one you get the most bang from your buck. But because you know what? We know, remember that whole thing on Instagram um, during COVID, the Versus series? And it was just all these famous singers who were singers and groups who were who were similar. So you take one person um, or one group, you go, they're sort of like this group. And then I think that DJ Nice is what his name was. I think he organized them because people were locked in. And you would just log on to Twitter or to Instagram and it would be like these two groups having a little battle with their songs. And it was just very friendly. And, and it would be groups from the 90s or 80s or, two, or the th 2000s. And it'd just be basically a free concert online with two of your favorite groups and they just or two of your favorite singers. They'd just be going back and forth with their different songs and they just called it verses like, you know, like... Um, like like uh, boys to men versus the Backstreet Boys or something like that, and it, and, it, and it was like people loved it, and they were getting millions of views, hundreds of thousands of people watching, and it was just and it was so nice because people were locked in. But the fact is, it was able to be done. Yes, so in the privacy of your yeah. own home. Yes, yeah, so just like you're saying, it's it's a great idea. They should do that. 
I mean, give people the option, at least on your tour. L listen, Taylor, you, I know your performance and from what I hear, <clears throat> pretty freaking amazing. And she puts on a three hour show. I mean, nonstop from just, she doesn't take any breaks. It is an epic show. People love it. But imagine those that can't afford to go to an actual concert and then sit in traffic, like just sit in a stadium by yourself and do the show and let people see it on Zoom or whatever it is, pay half the ticket price to be in their comfort of their own home. Like, I don't know. And but, you know, th there'll be the people that say there's nothing like watching your you know, your hero, your music hero perform live in front of you. And I get that, but just I give the that. option to those that maybe don't want to go out in public or the, that can't afford a full ticket or tickets get sold out. So they don't get to experience. I, I think there's a, I think there's a layer there. So. I think so too. Like, yeah, right. You could do, you could do both of those because you know, the other thing, um, like, you know, they talk about global community and stuff. Well, well, not just here in the U.S., but there are performers all over the world that it'd be great to see them in concert. But you, right, but you know, you're not going to go to Korea or Colombia or Nigeria. Like you would, there are people you would never ever see, right? Just never ever see. And why not have a have a way where you could see these people in concert? Or like, I, I'm never going to see Beyonce. I wouldn't no. mind seeing Beyonce. Like, I, like I wouldn't mind, but I was like. But like, I think when she comes to California, I think she does the Bay Area, then maybe Los Angeles, Los Angeles or something like that. And it's like, well, you know, I, I just don't have, you know, three, four, five, eight hundred dollars yeah. for that. I just and I can't find the time. That's just not for me. But if I can watch her live, I mean, that on, 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 on a streaming, that'd be wonderful. That'd be awesome. Right. Just like Adele. Because I'm not going to pay $3,500 for a ticket, right? Or $2,500 right. to see Adele. I'm not, I love her and I would love to see her, but that money can be used elsewhere. But to get an opportunity to say, hey, for maybe 200 bucks, we're going to Zoom a concert. She's going to perform in her same MGM where she's at with no audience. Oh. And it's going to be for the audience at home. I don't get why people don't do that. But if I it comes to, it. yeah, it, they should really do it. Are you... Man, you're getting ready to, so we're almost to an hour, so we need to talk about the shows that we're watching and the fact that you are catching a flight and not feelings um, tonight, right? I am, so I'm going to New York to get my bride, so she has been um, preparing to um, move west, come to California. It's been, it's been a lot of work. Um, you know, because you've moved cross country, as have I. Moving is hard. Moving cross country is harder still. Um, and then just coordinating all that, coordinating, you know, job and work. And, and we're getting married in New York. So trying to get as much done while she's still there to prepare when we go back in March for the actual wedding. So it's been a lot of work, but I, I fly out. And just let me say, speaking of that, that um, the airline industry, everybody knows this. It's, it's some, they're on some bullshit. Yeah, so I bought an airline ticket. Everybody knows this. I, mean, I bought an airline ticket with one price. It's a pretty good price, right? And then when it came time to select my seat, they add a price to actually picking your seat. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck is this? And it was between 20 when I first did it, it was between $20 and $40. But that was probably a month ago when I bought the ticket, and I'm glad I did, because when I looked last night, even though I have a seat, I was just checking what was available. 
picking a seat was now between 120 and 180. The fuck? Right. And then and then I get a notice, hey, you only got the barest minimum basic ghetto ticket. You cannot bring luggage onto the air. Oh, uh, is this JetBlue? It is JetBlue. That's I was like, down. what? Yeah, so they, so they were like, you could bring like a purse or a backpack. Only, only something that can sit under the chair. Nothing that can go in the overhead bin. Like nothing, you don't get that. That space is not yours. If you want that, that's $65. <laughs> right? So I said, okay, I don't want that. That's fine. I'll just bring my little backpack and I'll, I'll check one bag. They're like, okay, well, to check your bag, it's $35. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? So for my original ticket, they've added on like $80. Like it just, it's oh, a scam. Man. It's a scam. It is a scam. I was like, man, the airline industry is uh, is jack is jacked up. When you go to visit her and getting ready to move here, do you guys sit down and watch TV together, or are you always on the move? I don't know if you've ever known a New Yorker. Let me be very specific: a New York Puerto Rican. They walk. They walk like Speedy Gonzalez, like. <laughs> They are so fast. Like it's like they're it's like they're you know that we, that really weird Olympic sport uh, race walking. Yeah, <laughs> they're like that. Their hips are moving. Their arms are going. And I, look, I will walk for now. Now I'm like four to ten miles a day. Yeah, and I don't I don't mind walking, but I walk at a you know a comfortable pace. It's like they're running. It's like, uh, I have to stop her. Sometimes she's like 10 feet in front of me. I'm going, hey, you know, I'm, I'm back here. I, I am back here on 108th, and you're up there on 90, 94th. <laughs> <laughs> are you trying to walk back to Sacramento, lady? <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> Who are you trying to impress? <laughs> so, yeah, so this time we got shit to do. We got to do a tasting for the food at the wedding venue. We have... Uh, her girlfriend is giving her going away par- a birthday party because her birthday is coming up. And then, so there's a birthday party for her with her girlfriends, and then there's a going away party with their family. So we have those three events over the next um, couple of weeks. And I'm already like mentally preparing to, you know, talk to people and be in little, little crowds and, you know, eat people's food and all this kind of stuff. So, um, but then, you know, because she has emptied out her apartment. And there's just, you know, maybe there's a, a sofa there. I think she still has one TV and some kitchen stuff. We, we're going to hang out, but there's also a festival going on um, through the rest of this week, the Harlem Festival, which is a big festival in New York. She lives in Manhattan, Harlem. So we're going to be doing that. And, yeah, we may do a couple of tourist things, maybe go to a movie or something like that. Um, but, yeah, we get a lot of time just to just to hang, just hang out, just hang out, I do nothing that. I love that. So um, you won't be able to. Well, I'll tell you, I don't know if you're a fan of murders in the building, but two uh, season three just got pushed to to Hulu yesterday and they gave us two episodes. I am that show cracks me up. Martin Short, Steve Martin and Selena Gomez. It is. And Meryl Streep is in this one. And um, oh, my God, the guy, the guy who plays Ant-Man. uh, Paul, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, you know that Rudd, guy that yeah. never ages. So, yes. 
I'm excited. I watched one episode already. I'm telling you, Martin Short is so funny. And, and, and I love Martin Short. Fuck, man. It's Steve Martin. The way they play off each other. So I'm super excited because, you know, the writer's strike is still happening. So some of these yes. shows that have finished are not even going into production and no one's even wow. writing for the next season. So wow. um, I've got to start thinking about adding to a collection of, you know, shows that I should have watched a while ago and maybe are on Apple TV right now. So maybe I'll wait to, to, to watch the, to watch an episode, but I am, I am on that and I'm on New York housewives. I'm still trying to give it a shot. I think I've watched four episodes. I've got real housewives of Atlanta. That's getting spicy and the real housewives of orange County. So Okay. Um, sure. Yeah. And the Lincoln lawyer. So I'm still watching the Lincoln lawyer. We finished hijack. Hijack was good. I was, I have to say, I'm, this is no spoiler. I don't know what I was expecting at the end, but every episode kept me on the edge of my seat. And the final Ooh. episode didn't do that for me. Really? Yeah. I don't know if you watched of the full thing, but I mean, it was good. I'm, I'm, I will still highly, highly, highly recommend um, hijack on Apple TV, but you know, you, every week you got you, my stress levels were up, my heart rate was up. Cause it was just, you didn't know what was going to happen. And so you have these expectations and the season finale show or the final episode, I was like, Oh man, like I, yeah. So you know, I'm not, no spoilers, still good. Yeah. Still recommend it. Yeah. I really enjoyed the series and I, it was like the, the final was like there should be one more episode. I I don't know. Just I wanted more. Like, I, yes, I, maybe that I was it. Yes, yeah. It was almost like it was almost like they gave them okay. You have this many episodes, and that's it. And then they they crammed so much good stuff. It was very dense in those all the episodes. But then the last one wasn't as dense, and it went by too fast. Yeah, that's a really that's a that's the probably a better analogy. That's how I think I felt. Like, yes. I was like, man, I was waiting for more to be finalized, but. Um, all in all good. What are you watching? So um, I, I start, and I like you, I like Murders in the Building. My daughter keeps telling me to finish it, but I'm still in season one, so I'm not there yet. Oh. But I do enjoy it because like you said, Martin Short and Steve Martin are perfect. And I just know they just have like, like curb your enthusiasm, very loose script. They just be talking. Like they thousand percent. Talking, right. It's just, it's just funny shit. And I actually enjoy Selena Gomez. She's really good in it. Right? Like, I didn't know she could, like, act to be a little funny or, like, her little stuff. She's really good. That's just good career for her. So I'm enjoying that. Um, I am, of course, enjoying Foundation. I, I stopped at uh, episode two because um, Ellie and I are going to watch the rest, and it's absolutely fantastic. I am watching the latest um, uh, Star Trek series, Star Trek Discovery, and it's fantastic and the season finale is this week and then i don't know if you ever watched this series on amazon prime it's called um good omens and it's in season two and it's about a a demon and an angel get into some trouble and they just look like humans and they're trying to like resolve all these issues without disrupting the whole power balance between hell and heaven so it's sort of funny irreverent and it's, it has really good writers and really good um, cast. And it's just, it's very good. It's called Good Omens. So it's okay. season two. And then um, 
I started watching a reality show or I finished a rally a rally. No, I started watching a rally show. Lee and I, my daughter and I, um, it's called, oh, damn it. I can't think of the name yet. It's on, it's on Netflix and it is about, it's set in Korea, South Korea. And it is, it's outside Seoul, South Korea, the capital. And this whole area has just turned into a zombie zone. And you just have these people who, these semi-famous people in Korea, it's a reality show, who think they are going on a dating show. And it turns <laughs> out they're, they're it's, it's so cruel. It's so cruel. They plop them down in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, but they're they're there when it starts. Like they're in a room, they're and they're waiting for the dating thing to happen. They're just talking to each other. And one girl comes in and she's sick. And then before you know it, like she turns into a zombie and then they have to escape. It is really wild. And then basically they then they 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 didn't know they're in a game, but they didn't know they were in that game. And they have to navigate through this gigantic city. I don't know how they shut down these cities. And they gotta, they just gotta do all these things to get through, all the while they're being attacked and bitten by zombies. And if you're bitten, <laughs> then you turn into a goddamn zombie. It is wild. So it's really fun. It's it's a little intense at times, but it's also sort of funny and crazy. So we're watching that. And then I'm still watching the Women's World Cup soccer. It's in um, Australia and New Zealand. They're the two host countries. The U.S. women's national team are out. They lost and was called the knockout round. So they made it to like the second level, but they played Sweden and they didn't score a goal. Like they didn't do shit. And Sweden won one and nothing. And the U.S. women's team had won like 40 in a row or something like that. And they have won the last World Cup. I think the last two World Cups. Like they are a soccer powerhouse. But there was a lot of criticism coming into this tournament because they hired this coach that people didn't think he was that good. And they had, you know, he just wasn't a very good coach. He didn't do a good rotation with bring, substituting the players and stuff. And they flamed out. They're done. They're done. So that was sort of a bummer. But the World Cup is still going on. It's very entertaining. So I'm, I'm watching that. That's awesome. And so now next week you'll be in New York. We should record. You will have to say, I will say right now, happy birthday to your fiance, Eliane. Yes. Birthday's the 15th. So next Tuesday. That's, I think, if I remember that correctly. So happy birthday to her. Next week, I want this question answered and what your thoughts are. So uh, any of our um, listeners out there have feedback they want to share. Who takes rejection better, men or women? Oh, yes, that is a great question. Yes, we yes, we definitely got to discuss that. And we so, would, yeah, I would do the call from New York. We could do that at the same time. It'll be eight o'clock my time. Because we New Yorkers, we're just getting started around. Okay. 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 <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. Well to, we'll open up with that. If we have a special guest there, I'm cool with that too. If we want to chime in with Ileon with, with, with her thoughts on that. But yes, the question is who takes rejection better, men or women? We'll have that discussion. We'll see how your trip went tonight from the JetBlue uh, money suckers. And then um, I'll, it'll be good to touch base with you to see how things are going while, while you're there. And yes, and, and, yes, and we, need, we need an update, um, or not an update because we don't know it. We don't, our audience doesn't know about it, about um, a certain little new addition. 
Oh yes, we have to talk possible. about that. Possible, yes. yes. So we, we, yes, we definitely need to chat about that. Yeah. And my my daughter's starting college, but I can't say anything about it because she, you know, she bans me from talking about it on social media, which that's fine. <laughs> okay. When she's gone though out of the house, you can. So we'll we'll talk. About, she probably doesn't even listen to this podcast, so we can talk about it. Exactly. So anyways, great week. Enjoy your weekend. And um, I will reach out to you from uh, New York, New York. Yes. Safe travels, bestie. Thank Talk you. to you later. Peace Bye. Out. Peace out. Love this podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Visit the episode description to find out how you can connect with the hosts on social media. Voice Memos is a production of Dear Dean Publishing. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without consent.